0: I can hear birds chirping. Yeah, I got a window open because there's a nice uh, breeze coming in. It's uh, nice and cool outside, right before uh, we get inundated with thunderstorms for nine straight hours. Uh oh, really? You're getting storms all
1: day? Yeah, pretty much. Oh man, I'm jealous. Yeah. I uh, there was a pretty good storm. There was a pretty good storm on uh, on Saturday. Uh, this is the first real one I've had since I moved back. It is definitely one of those things that I missed all the time when I was out in San Francisco. Uh, oh, yeah.
0: Because there's no, there's no real weather in San Francisco. There's foggy, and there's cold, and then yep. sometimes it's really hot, and that's about it. Uh, oh. I was going to say, when I first moved out to Boston and I got my first thunderstorm and then my first snowstorm, I was just like, holy shit, I forgot what weather looked like.
1: Yeah, that was one of those things that uh, I appreciated for like the first two or three years of living in San Francisco was the lack of seasons, and then over time like came to really miss the fact that they like having 70s weather all year long that is absolutely nice i don't want to discredit that at all but the idea of like having a fall and a spring and a summer like we'll see what happens when i get to the winter and i gotta walk my dog three times a day right uh maybe i'll be singing a different tune but uh i definitely am appreciating it right now uh for sure yeah No. it's uh it's supposed to be
0: straight up thunderstorms for about eight hours straight this uh, oh. this this afternoon and evening, so it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a thing. I would just take the day off, just hang out and look outside your window and get day drunk. No, I'm gonna write my Beyond review today, and I figure I, that's a good atmosphere for that. So that'll be seems like
1: that might be the same thing as getting day drunk.
0: Yeah, kinda a little bit. Certainly can't write that review sober, that's for sure. No. Patrick, <laughs> yeah, how was your weekend? What did you get good. up
1: to? Uh, I didn't do a whole lot. Uh, I kind of laid low. I had to start really finalizing this this ted talk that i'm doing so it was i had a chance my wife being out of town it was a chance to kind of just like ruminate over that and then also like oftentimes when you're writing something like this like you'll just kind of like not it's not writer's block as much as just like i've stared at this too long i can't do anything this with this anymore i need to walk away and come back and often sure when you walk away I will figure out the turn of phrase, or pivot point, or something along those lines that that I wanted to come up with. Uh, so I had a full like forty-eight hours to kind of like sit down with it for an hour, walk away, and uh, I've got it mostly in a place that I'm pretty happy with. And um, and then I also finished GTA V. Yeah, so did I. Um, I don't know how much we really want to talk
0: about the no. ending of that game because I mean, obviously, we don't want to spoil it for people. But uh, I will say that I felt it to be. An entirely adequate wrapping up of that whole last bit of the game there, in the sense that, okay, yeah, that's a way that game can end reasonably. It's not very good, but it it happens. It makes a, a degree of sense, so I'll give it that.
1: Yeah, it's, it's it. I guess it ties up the loose ends, but I, I didn't feel like there was a whole lot of emotional satisfaction for the arc of the characters. Um. And, and again, t- getting too much into this would be uh, a spoiler territory given the, the size of that game. But I will say one of the, the like sort of like uh, the takeaways I had having finished that game, what I find continually surprising, and they definitely tried to address it in this game, uh, I don't think particularly successfully, but you can see that they're trying to address it. So as a game that is all about being open and do whatever you want, player freedom, the missions are incredibly restrictive and frustrating yeah. when you don't uh adhere to their very specific parameters of what they want you to do and i'm and I'm speaking to like the strange moments where they want you to do something so specific, like there's a mission where you're on Trevor and you've got to jump on a train and I failed that like nine times, and I bet there were a bunch of people that nailed it in the first time uh, but it's it's the equivalent of you know an uncharted type sequence where they want something big and dramatic and cool to happen but they don't give you any room for error. And so when the player doesn't do exactly what's being asked of them, it becomes really frustrating. And it feels like it is more and more at odds with the game's biggest strength. Right. Yeah,
0: I mean, that's the, that's the, the, the real long and short of GTA V for me, is that they have built a pretty incredible playground in that world, and they have put some really interesting things for you to do in there. And they have also given you a lot of missions that are not necessarily all that exciting to do within the sort of, you know, framework of the freedom of that world. Uh, you know, the heists are a really cool thing. They, I, I, I enjoyed pretty much all of those. I enjoyed some of the story missions. I enjoyed most of the Strangers and Freaks missions, uh, with the exception of the occasional tow truck thing, notwithstanding. But uh, otherwise, though, I have to say, you know, it, it's like mechanically maybe more interesting mission-wise than than some of the stuff in gta 4 but in terms of like the story and the characters and sort of like getting invested in what's going on gti 5 kind of left me a little cold you know it, it, at the end of it all it was sort of like you know i picked the ending that made the most sense you know with what i thought the the theme of the game was which was you know homies don't abandon one another you know homies stick together they gotta you know they gotta they gotta they gotta, they gotta, they gotta deal with all that shit together. So I, I, I went that route, and yeah, I mean it's an ending. It's, it's, it's a, bu- it's a little bit of you know kind of rote revenge porn that doesn't really have a whole lot of impact, considering it doesn't. That game does not spend a lot of time making you care about a lot of those characters one way or the other. Like most of the people that they're like trying to make you hate in that game, I was pretty ambivalent toward. Honestly, it was like yeah, no, that's that's another really good stereotype of a rich white billionaire that's great going hausers nice job that's you you've totally way to nail whitey again
1: uh i i just yeah um i don't want to be careful too much how we how we speak toward towards that end of it but i i I just i found myself i feel like there are two games in in gta there is the open world and then there is the story that they write on top of that and it and you know this the storytelling that they're trying to do is, I feel like, at odds with the world that they're building, and I don't know how they sort of solve that problem for themselves. Uh, yeah. Um, it just it, it it sounds like that must be frustrating because they they're building all this big world with all this stuff in it, and it's and it's really lovely and it's fun to to run around in, uh, but, you know, I think the way Jeff put it when I listened to part of the podcast from last week was like. If there was a version of the game that just let me play this like a normal single-player game where you just skipped from mission to mission to mission and it just kind of played out how this stuff normally does, yeah, I, I, w- I wouldn't probably be against that. But at the same time, the moments where I am in the open world where like Especially when I'm in a plane. I feel like that's when I, I come to appreciate the, the world in a way that I don't necessarily always do on the ground. Uh, I'm glad that it's there and, and, and what it allows for. I just feel like the game they're building... Is too strict in allowing you to enjoy the freedoms of that, uh, and as they try and tell more meaningful stories, they're really running up against the boundaries of what they can do. You know, Trevor's a character that tries to solve that for them, which is t- feel free to be an asshole, feel free to be crazy, because this this guy doesn't have a whole lot of rules. But even yeah, then, he's, they he's pure id, just running fucking roughshod over everything. Yeah, but but even then, they they aren't able to adhere to the Trevor's rule set uh, throughout the entire game, where oftentimes. They will have Trevor do things that are against the logic of the character. I don't want to talk about those moments, but there are moments where, yes, Trevor is crazy, but he always has a reason for doing what he does. It may be misguided. It may be an overreaction, but he always has a logic to—he has an internal logic that makes sense sure. for the character if, if it does not make sense for the player, um, and I, don't, I, f- I found that troublesome, and I found like that was more indicative of this larger systemic issue in the narrative as it relates to the game world because they just they're trying they had they've gotten so good at building this world and I think the story part is trying to come along with it and and it's not quite there
0: yeah yeah I, it just it didn't it just didn't totally cohere for me it didn't completely come together I I definitely enjoyed a number of parts of play in that game but uh, I think I'm kind of like I'll play a little bit more of the online, and I'll you know I'll certainly play some more when the uh, the DLC comes along. But uh, I think I'm I'm pretty much like there are some leftover missions I could go do. I, I I'm probably not gonna go do those. I'm just gonna wait until the DLC comes along to play any more of it. But
1: yeah, yeah, I'm 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 really hoping that they put out uh, a PC or next gen version of the game. I think by the time that the DLC comes out, uh, you know, the, those machi- the, if, if those versions exist, they will be released and. Uh, that world in 1080p, 60 frames per second would be something else. Uh, yeah. Especially the the water, which like you know turns the frame rate into like single digits. Uh, I would I would love to play the DLC, which I you know continues to be sort of Rockstar strength for sure. Uh, when they have yeah. sort of like more focused storytelling, um, I I wouldn't be I wouldn't have a problem buying that game again uh, just to play the the DLC in uh, a much better technical situation. For sure. Um, so I finished that, and then I also played uh, a decent chunk of Rayman Legends. Got much further into that. And What, man, uh, that is, what uh, world
0: are you up to at this point?
1: Uh, I just finished the, like, luchador Mexico world, sure. like, with all the skeletons. The, the uh, like, uh, uh, De-, De Los Muertos sort of uh, thematics. Uh, yeah. That, that, yeah, I mean, it is... So I feel like the... I, I have to go back and play Origins to confirm this, but it does feel like the platforming is a little bit tighter... Uh, in Mm -hmm. this one it doesn't feel nearly as loose but i also can't tell having not gone back to the old to origins whether that is purely a function of the level design being better or if the platforming itself has been tweaked but i know i know it feels like i can execute things better and and more attuned to what i want to do better than i was able to do in origins
0: yeah i i don't think I don't know. I think part of the problem with with Origins, and I, I say problem very lightly, because that game is also pretty spectacular in its own right. Uh, just the difficulty balance in that game was a lot rougher uh, in a lot of spots. I think that they had a I don't know. Just for that, the, the progression of that game, I think, was pretty good. But once you got to the later levels, like. The platforming was tight, but the level designs were so intricate and so specifically geared toward, you know, very precise uh, platforming mechanics that it didn't always come together. This one, I feel like they they loosed the the difficulty back, like they brought it back a little bit. Um, I don't feel like mechanically it's changed that much from Origins. I feel like it's a pretty similar control-like timing and, you know, just the, the feel of it, but... I think the the levels they built around that stuff require a little less insane precision. Uh I mean the key example is the musical levels versus like those goddamn treasure chest chases from the last one. Like that I hated those levels in Origins, but the the musical stuff in 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 Legends I feel like works perfectly because like even if you don't know the exact timing of the song, I felt like I could kind of predict it and get it right, Not, you know, in nearly all of
1: those levels. And, and I actually think the version of the Chase sequence, the treasure chest sequence from Origins that they've redeveloped for Legends, which is basically you have these time trials uh, where uh, you can get, you know, th- what are these looms? Is that what you're collecting? The yeah, characters? Yeah. Uh, I think so. You, you know, you you, you have a, a section of a level that you've already played. I think it might the level might be actually rejiggered a little bit, but but basically you had like if you can do it in forty seconds, then you collect three of them. Fifty seconds to uh, I feel, I feel like those were a lot of fun because they were very short. And because they were short, the rule set was the same every single time. So you know, I could get the timing down for each sequence, and it felt really satisfying to nail it because when I actually did nail it, I would come in well under the forty seconds. like i w- yeah. I, w- I aimed for the three looms every single time, and I you know, usually I end up getting like thirty two seconds. and that was incredibly satisfying. Um, yeah, and I do feel like the main stages, in this game, lean more on the end of, uh, oh, lums, the chat is saying, lums. Sure, lums, whatever. whatever. Uh, the bullshit you have to collect in a platformer. Um, the, the,
0: the, the things.
1: Yeah, and uh, was, now I just now I completely lost what I was going to say. Completely thrown off. Oh. Um, See, this is why you shouldn't ever read the chat
0: while you're talking no. about stuff, because that will totally fuck you up. But you like Rayman Legends. You're, you're still enjoying it. It's, yeah. It's no, no, no. Okay, okay. I got it. I got it. I got it. I right. figured it out.
1: So the, the, the levels are more tuned towards exploration, right? Like So sure. the, you part of Origins was seeking the, the secret rooms and where like the hidden spots that they, they uh, were hiding the different lums. And I feel like this one even more so kind of slows it down a bit and says, like, hey, why don't you take some time? Why don't you look around? Uh, make sure you kind of find everything we've hidden. And, and it makes it so satisfying when you do find something. Because it has that little hooray, like it, mm-hmm. like it gives you this tiny bit of feedback that feels so damn good every time, uh, even before you've actually gone in to, like save the the lum or to uh, go into the secret room and solve the puzzle. Um, whoa! That was a that was a burst of wind. Don't worry, no ghosts. What the? Because f- well, I'm I not lo- I'm away. not looking at you. I'm looking at the chat, and all I hear is just like a goddamn noise. That was just a door slam. Don't worry about it. Whoa, okay. Is that a ghost? No, that's, you know what? I'm just going to close the window real is quick. Is that you a keep ghost? Talking. Oh, no. This is just uh, viral marketing for Soma. This is uh, the new frictional games. I don't like this at all. Uh. So, yeah, so I'll just talk to the chat. Wait, what happened? I can't hear you. Now you can hear me? Now I can't hear you. Okay. Yeah, no, the wind is
0: coming, man. Did you get rid of those ghosts? Yeah, no, it's a storm. there's a storm brewing. Ah. I had to go close the window because the door, the door slammed shut. Anyway, everything's fine. Don't worry about me. Uh,
1: So, yeah, so are there, there are like 700 lums. Like, it doesn't seem like I'd be able to collect all 700 in the worlds that are on screen right now. Are, is there like a secret second half? Uh,
0: There's stuff.
1: Okay, there's stuff. Okay, that's good. That's good enough. That's all I need to know. Um, there's no, I mean, I do I just now play the game. I'll play the game. Uh, and I will say that as f- it's, it's so fantastic and all it does is it's getting me more excited for Super Mario 3d world. That's all that Rayman legends is doing is I'm enjoying it very much, but I also, I know it's coming. The real storm is coming. The storm that is Super Mario 3d world is a coming and I am, uh, I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah. That game's going to be pretty great. Uh, did you play anything else over the weekend or mostly? Uh, I played a little more,
0: a little more Zelda. Zelda is uh is still pretty dope um I've still I, I didn't play a whole lot of it I just got through uh, one of the dungeons that I had started in on uh last weekend and then uh, I downloaded uh both foul play and uh the uh, early version of audio surf 2 I've not really spent much time with either of them yet but uh, I have them and I'm looking forward to playing both of those because uh uh foul play looks really cute uh, from what I saw of it, I know it's it's, you know, technically just kind of a, a beat up, but it seemed like it would be pretty fun. And then audio surf. I do love me some goddamn audio surf. So Can you explain been... what that
1: is. I know it is like a frequency type game, but yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know. I've never played it. So audio surf takes your
0: music and uh, loads it into like vib Ribbon style. It builds levels off of, you know, whatever audio tracks you load into it. Uh, and it's very, yeah, it's basically like you're just sort of moving along this, uh, this, this roller coastery kind of track, and you're trying to collect these, I mean, there's different versions of the game within the game, like different rule sets, but, um, you're trying to, like, in the one I always played, you're always trying to collect these, uh, specific gems along the, along the track and trying to avoid certain other ones, in rhythm and time to whatever song you put in there. So if you put in, you know, fucking dragon force or something, it's going to be a super fast, long ass, crazy level. If you put in some, you know, down tempo grooves, it's going to be a pretty low key, not crazy kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, This one seems like it kind of builds on, uh, you know, like it actually adds a dude that is actually surfing on your music. Um, And I think there's some other like rule set changes and stuff. I've only played like the main mode, which is the one I just described. And it's, kind of the same but like looks a lot better and seems like a lot more functional than the original game was so
1: I'm into that does that make sense do you get it it does make sense yeah no I'm, and I, I'm excited to play it I, you know I was a huge uh, viberbin frequency fan and for whatever reason I didn't get into the original uh, audio surf but I know that you know you bring up audio surf in front of Jeff and he freaks out um, yeah and yeah I'm looking forward to, to playing this one I, pro- I probably won't touch the really access stuff uh, you know that's sure uh it's it's rare that i that i jump into those those types of things but um i'm definitely looking forward to to seeing how that that ends up um at some point yeah it's
0: uh you know what little i played i played a little bit at pax and then i i I tried a couple of songs real quick when i uh when i when i downloaded it earlier this morning and uh i i am a okay with what i have played so far of that game i think it's definitely worth checking out uh especially if you know if you're already liked audio surf i don't think there's much reason not to just jump in on the uh, the early access for that
1: one you you can wait a little bit okay um i should point out to the chat that uh not a lot happened this weekend so we're gonna try to yeah. pluck uh, a bunch of questions from you guys so i uh, asked for some over twitter uh which i'll pull uh, some from but if you have any questions for us Feel free to shoot them over to me in the chat. And uh, after we get through the brief amount of headlines that we do have, uh, we will turn it over to you guys. Uh, so I guess, like, the if you can qualify it as big news, uh, Injustice Gods Among Us was announced uh, for PS4, but not Xbox One. Uh, there was also a Vita yeah. version announced um, that I think will retail for $40. Um, but yeah, and also no Wii U version, but I don't think that's well. a shocked. Um, Yeah, high-voltage software ported the game to Vita and PS4. Um, This maybe sounds like potentially a case where there were absolutely no plans to bring this out for next-gen, and uh, Sony said, Hey, what if we gave you some money? Um, What if there was this money that just sort of appeared in front of you? You know, that's completely speculative. That is not informed by anything uh, that should be remotely considered knowledge, but I... Hard to imagine that there wasn't some sort of motivation uh, on, on, on Sony's side to uh, incentivize them to, uh, you know, outsource a, uh, a, a port, if not, you know, Sony just outright paying for it. Um, hard to say, but I, it, there, must, there must have been something going on if they chose to put it out on one platform and not the other, because that just doesn't happen these days. You put it out on everything because you try and maximize your profit. You know, Rayman Legends, case in point, they said... We're not going to make that much money on this game anyway. Why would we put it out on something where we'll make zero money? Uh, Let's port it to everything else uh, and release it all at the same time. So certainly something uh, went on with Injustice, you know, not anything that is even necessarily shady. It's just something happened there for that to not come out on Xbox One. Well, and granted, you know, when they did that for
0: Rayman, they had to put out those severely compromised versions of Rayman on the other consoles. This in this case, I don't think they're like, what are they gonna do? They're just gonna bump up the visuals and then probably include all the DLC as probably some sort of like game of the year type pack, right? And that's that's it. There you yeah. go. There's your there's your injustice that looks better now. So I don't know. That seems like even less far fetched than 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 something like the whole Rayman situation where they actually had to change the game in some ways. Here it's like Nah, we're just gonna make this look better and put it out for for next gen on PS4. So here you go, enjoy. I mean, yeah, totally. Why not? That game is good. I will. I I probably won't play it again on next gen, but you know, why not?
1: I didn't. I didn't play it. Uh, but there's so okay. One I should point out, the High Voltage I guess did the PS4 version. Armature did the Vita version. The guys, mm. the X Metroid Prime guys, who are doing, uh, the Batman spinoff. Got to admit, a little depressed that the people that made Metroid Prime, this is what they're doing with their time. But, you know, you you got to make your money somehow. Um, But they're also doing a PC version. Uh, I did not Mm. play Mortal Kombat 9 uh, on the PC. I'm not not aware if that was a worthy port or not, but uh, I didn't play Injustice. I really like the story mode of Mortal Kombat, so maybe... Maybe I'm gonna play in the PC version. Uh, yeah, why that not? W- that wouldn't be a, a horrible way to, to spend a couple of hours. Um, it's a
0: good fighting game,
1: you know. It's it's
0: uh, you know, if I had to pick between them, I would say I probably prefer Mortal Kombat. But uh, as it, you know, as being someone who doesn't even really care about the DC universe all that much, I thought they did a pretty good job making me actually care about anything happening in a DC universe game in that one. And it's fun. It plays like Mortal Kombat, except everyone has superpowers. It's pretty great.
1: Yeah. So uh, also, let's see. Well, what do you got? What do you? What do you got?
0: Uh, SNK has ordered the makers of the uh, fabled Neo Geo X Gold device uh, to stop producing them. Uh, you may remember a year, year and a half, two years ago. I can't remember when they announced this dumb thing. Um, handheld Neo Geo device, uh, Neo Geo X. They also put out, uh, I think, an arcade stick and a bunch of like greatest hits uh, software packages and stuff this device. A lot of people thought it was a totally fake device when it came out, because it looked like just the chinsiest ass, like some dude in China decided to make this thing with all the Neo Geo branding and didn't tell anyone kind of thing, and then it actually turned out to be officially licensed. And now uh, Tomo, the company that made it, uh, is now being told no longer to make these. So, Patrick, if you want to get your Neo Geo X, now is the time to get one, because soon they will no longer exist.
1: No, that thing is garbage. Yeah, um, I, I know. When... uh. You know, was was sort of prematurely excited about it because I, like a lot of other people, loved my Neo Geo Pocket Color. That thing, that was a badass handheld that not enough people bought. That had some really goddamn good games for it. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, obviously this was different. This wasn't going to play Neo Geo Pocket games, but the idea of having, you know, Neo Geo-style games uh, in a handheld, uh, even though the idea of having a handheld specifically for Neo Geo games is sort of ridiculous in 2013. Uh, you know, other than sort of functionally as a device it not being that impressive you know the way they were selling the games was ridiculous and oh yeah uh just a complete exploitation and gouging of a fan base uh, so you know in some ways i'm pretty happy this has been a total failure and it's buried them uh because they they really didn't clearly think this through in a way that was going to uh sort of honor the neo geo legacy and also you know, be self-aware of how much those games are worth in 2013. I think people are willing to overpay for Neo Geo because that's also kind of part of it. Yeah. But the way that is sort that of part they, of the
0: part of the deal, isn't it?
1: Yeah, but the the way they had set it up was was you know insulting uh, for for what that stuff is worth, and so uh, you know, a little bit of a bummer, I guess, in the sense that th- there will never be another one of these. <laughs> yeah, I think this but- kills it.
0: I mean, this really kills it because the, the thing that that really struck me about this whole deal was the uh, the curtness uh, with which the license agreement was apparently terminated. Uh, there is a there is a, a thing on the the SNK website where they basically said, in order to protect our intellectual property rights, such as Neo Geo and SNK, decisive measures will be taken against all unapproved Neo Geo X products not subject to the license agreement. That's weird. Uh, and, That's a very just, strange piece of wording. Like, our agreement is done. We are not doing this anymore. Fuck these guys. We're out. And you know, you don't see a lot of uh, really direct language like that and those kinds of things very often. So it was. I'm guessing something went real raw, real fast over there. Oh well. Weird. Oh, uh, what else did I pick out? Uh, so apparently, the uh, the people at Maxis uh, are talking a bunch of yang about uh, trying to explore some kind of offline mode for City. Patrick is who cares anymore about that?
1: Well, I didn't play SimCity when it came out because everyone was talking so much smack about it. And I, I don't really see a whole lot of reason to change that um, partially because I'd never played a, a SimCity before outside of like kind of briefly getting into SimCity 2000 and uh, SimCity for right. SNES. But uh, yeah, it, yeah, it doesn't appear that they're like, it isn't like one of the things now that they're, they're th- trying to figure out their mod tools and they're, like basically putting a bunch of restrictions in it that are sort of the antithesis of what you would kind of allow modders to get into. I think
0: I think all the mod stuff, I saw this mentioned somewhere, is like all pretty visual based. Like mm. they're not really letting you do anything uh, particularly interesting to the game itself. It's just like, hey, you can make stuff look like stuff now, uh, which mm. is terrific, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I, I liked the basic core of that game, apart from all the online shit uh, when it came out. I, I hated the space limitations, and I hated the forced online stuff, but the mechanics of city building in that game were pretty great. And I think if someone actually made a really good offline SimCity using that those tools and that design, and then actually let you do mod stuff to it and make it crazy, then it would be pretty great. Uh, in this case... Doesn't really sound like they're doing that. It just sounds like they're just trying to find a way to make the existing game work offline, which doesn't sound like it would be that much fun because you're still dealing with the space limitations. You're still having to do with all that region-based bullshit. Um, so I don't even know what you would do there exactly. Um, this seems like too little too late to me and just also completely flies in the face of them saying, no, this game has to be online because that was our design philosophy and that this is this is what this game does and it has to be online all the time. Don't you understand? It has to be online. And then, oh, wait, no,
1: maybe not. Maybe it doesn't. It seems kind of like bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. I. Well put. Um, (laughs) Bioshock 2 re released on Steam with games for Windows ripped out. And now uh, I guess you get. Some people were saying you got Minerva's Den for free. I saw some of that going on on online. Yeah. I think if you
0: you got the game, you got the Minerva's Den thing for free.
1: Okay. I think if you'd already owned it, I believe you got Minerva's Den for free. If that is the case and you have not played Minerva's Den. Stop being a monster and go uh, play Minerva's Den. Uh, absolutely mm-hmm. one of the best DLC add-ons made for a game arguably better than Bioshock 2. A game that I did like, got, I think got too much shit for a game that was called Bioshock 2. Um, not better than Bioshock, but still still worth playing. Um, and Minerva's Den, uh, especially if you enjoyed Gone Home, you know that is uh, largely a lot of the same team that built Gone Home, and you can definitely see the thematic consistency between uh, the two things. Um, yeah, definitely should definitely should play that. Hmm, Tiny I, Death Star, Patrick. Sure, I don't know, I don't, I've not really played Nimble Bits games.
0: You played, but uh, you played some Nimble Quest though, didn't you? A little bit, like yeah,
1: like half an hour. It's yeah, they seem fine. I they're time
0: wasters. I mean, I yeah. do I just, I just thought the idea of Tiny Death Star was kind of adorable.
1: I yeah, I think when you're talking about making licensed games, that's more of that. That's pretty great. If I don't play that, that's fine. But I think that that makes a lot of sense uh valve and prototype Steambox specs which are su- largely super high-end uh where they were surprisingly yeah. high-end um i don't know what to say about that it's high-end uh i mean they they
0: it's it's multiple specs that they're sending out right like yeah. there are different video cards different gpus all that stuff um hey you know that's I, I i don't know i don't i don't know if i was expecting them to put out anything that would be like on the, the super low end really um, no
1: they they've said the you know the low end stuff is going to be closer to those streaming boxes i would assume and yeah. th- i think that stuff is still a work in progress you know they're, they have other considerations like the controller and what the box looks like and steam os i think we're going to learn about the streaming stuff probably last yeah i would assume that they're not going to want to get that out the door until uh, they are mighty confident about whether it's gonna work because that's probably gonna have to make a pretty decent first impression uh in yeah. order for people to be on board uh even as much slack as people tend to give valve uh that's all i've got that's all, that's all i got all i've got okay let's see let me pull up um well here's here's a qu- a question for you you uh i don't know who said it. let me see if I can find it i'll give myself about three seconds in order to actually find... Yeah, okay. Christopher Odd asks, uh, regarding Beyond Two Souls, mm. are launch day embargoes a bad sign, good sign? What are the reasons that companies do this? As someone who does the most reviews, mm. what has in your experience been about sort of when embargoes fall and how reflective that is of the quality of the game they're in?
0: It's not always reflective of the quality. It is reflective of how much confidence a publisher tends to have in a game. Um, the further up to the wire you tend to put it, the less confidence you tend to believe they have in a product, uh, in terms of people giving a shit about it or at least liking it. So, in this case, I have to imagine that Sony isn't really sure what anyone's going to think of Beyond Two Souls, uh, and without breaking embargoes here, I will simply say I kind of get why that's the case. Um, that said, you know... There's definitely not a direct proportion between how much, you know, how, like, I have played plenty of, like, for a day of embargo games that have been very, very good. Um, some pretty spectacular, even. But usually when a company is willing to kind of, you know, put it out, like, the Monday before or even, like, the Friday before, that says that they really want to generate as much buzz because as they can because they they believe in the product. They are very excited about it. They want to get as much, you know, hype and as much marketing out there as they can before the game actually comes out. Here, it's like, I'm guessing that someone at Sony is just like, well, this is another David Cage thing. It's kind of a niche thing. A lot of people don't really know what to make of these games, even though we obviously spent a lot of money on it. Uh, Let's just just hedge our bets with the advertising, get the reviews out there on launch day, you know, kind of the last possible minute we can with that stuff, and uh, see how it plays out. That's my guess with that one.
1: Okay. And I th- and I think I think that I think that makes sense. I think often uh, there aren't really hard and inf- you know just like advertising, there are not hard and fast rules with what makes sense. You know, you're you're changing it based on the product and what you think is the best way to generate you know momentum. You know, it's it's entirely possible that I, I think the general response to Beyond Two Souls throughout its development has been what? Uh, yeah, e- even for people like myself who were into Heavy Rain and excited to at least see what David Cage had up his sleeve next. I every time I've seen a trailer for Beyond Two Souls, I have just come away genuinely confused about what that game is. Is it supernatural? Is it not? Like you know, I just was one of the things that all right, I'm just going to ignore it till it comes out and then I feel like that's been the general response to that game. So as a result, what they have done is said, okay, you know, hopefully it'll be a pleasant surprise, and then if you have a bunch of launch day reviews that say, hey, it's a pleasant surprise, uh, maybe that gets a lot of people to sort of like tip over the edge and, and actually go out and, and purchase it. And the people that are already into it probably have already purchased it uh, or pre-ordered it, and a bunch of launch day reviews uh, are probably not going to dissuade them from going to pick it up. So you kind of get to have it both ways. Like maybe you get some momentum out yeah. of the gate, and if you don't, well... You probably get to, you probably keep statistically the vast majority of the people that were already on board with the game.
0: Yeah. And I just want to stress to the chat real quick this is not me saying, trying to subversively say, you know, one way or the other about Beyond. I am saying I understand why Sony, you know, doesn't necessarily know what to do with it because it's a David Cage game. Right. None of his games, like, make complete sense from, you know, a really easy marketing standpoint. Like, you're trying to market something that is very non traditional for what, you know, video games kind of tend to be in their own way. So, that's not a quality judgment. That's just a, you know, look, that's what that that's what that dude makes. He makes weird shit and that is, you know, not necessarily the easiest to market kind of stuff. That's all I'm saying there. So, yeah, look for the I, review
1: tomorrow morning. Yeah, real Jones uh real Jones points out in the chat. Well, based on confidence model, naughty dog has got big balls. Uh yeah, like the last of us review which I did, I think that was a full week, week and a half ahead of the game's release. That was both yeah. a function of it was released during E3 week, so they were sort of forced to to do it ahead of time. But, right. you know, were they not confident in it? There were, you know, the vast majority of the video game playing public is not at E3. So even if the news cycle is dominated by E3, you know, people are still at home and they want to play games. Uh, and so there, there was confidence there, you know, sort of regardless. Uh, but yeah, that I mean, that, you know, games, when you get a... A copy of a game that says you can talk about it a week ahead of time you know I guess it's possible you may not end up liking it but that does show a pretty huge amount of confidence in the publisher oh, yeah. that they're going to come out of the gate with some strong reviews that are going to carry them into those first day sales um and and, and Naughty Dog games I think are are almost usually always like that I haven't reviewed any of the Uncharted games but uh, I, I you know yeah they knew they had something special when they put it out the door um, and and that they, is not and they know game. what to
0: do with those games. They know exactly how to market them. So,
1: Yeah. Uh, ba, ba, ba. Uh, a couple people referencing it. There's not like a specific question, but people asking if we saw the new Xbox One video, which I did send to you just before. Yeah. We started yet again. There is another kid who just walks through his Xbox One, uh, unboxing it, and he sounds like he's like 14, 15. Something like that, and he claims he's going to do a bunch of other videos on his channel, so you better subscribe, uh, and make sure you subscribe before his father gets fired.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, at least in this case, he doesn't bring up the dash or start playing games or anything, but, you know, now we know, hey, it just shows what's in the box, so. And at I least, I, I don't think he, he, doesn't show his face, right? He doesn't show his face this no. time. No. So that's, that's probably, that bodes better for him.
1: Let's see... Uh, yeah, that's an interesting one. Uh, Moon Peter asks, "What games do you play with non-video gamers?" I play with my six-year-old father, and we play stuff like Rayman, the Lego games, Left 4 Dead, Fable, Splinter Cell. That's that's a really broad spread. Uh, yeah. can you recommend more? 360 PS3. Also, good afternoon. What are you talking about? It's not the afternoon. Um, Maybe in
0: Europe where he is.
1: Yeah, I usually if I'm playing games with I guess not people that don't self-identify as you know gamers or video game players on the regular um I mean Nintendo games are a pretty safe bet with that stuff mm-hmm. uh so you know a Mario game is, is is pretty common if we've got nothing going on on some Saturday evening um I have found pretty quickly that the Oculus Rift is a really easy gateway for people that you know sort of just casually enjoy video games um I exposed that to my brother this weekend, and he, you know, basically flipped his ship for it, and then was immediately on the phone trying to get his friends to come over to check it out. Uh, it was uh, an early moment of, I think, validation for as cool as I have found that technology to see if, you know, the layman's in my life uh, look at that and then also think it's as cool. And in fact, I think they had, uh, based on how my wife responded, how my brother responded, a bigger response than even I would have expected uh, to something like that. Uh, And it was my, it was fun to watch my brother. He, when I did, you know, he watched part of spooking with scoops when I was doing the Oculus stuff. And at some point when I took a break, I went out to him and he was like, what the hell are you yelling about? I was like, "Ah, these games are pretty scary. I'll show you later Uh, when I'm not streaming them on the internet to people. And so I finally showed some to him on Saturday night and, he flipped the shit out and it was mm-hmm. hysterical and v- it made me feel very good it made me feel very good uh in that older brother screwing with your younger brother kind of way
0: well that needs to be the new the next spook with scoops episode doesn't it like bring your brother on and making him suffer for your amusement because <laughs> i feel like that i th- I think the audience would most definitely get behind that
1: yeah yeah i'll, I'll definitely have to think about it but he uh yeah, Dread Halls, which is the one which is in the dungeon, is uh, is the one that really got him. Uh, he had mm-hmm. his uh, his knee underneath my desk, and he just rammed it, just like busted oh. it up, uh, mm. knocked over everything, beers spilling everywhere, speakers on the ground. Uh, it was it was very humorous to watch for sure. Um,
0: you clearly should have been filming that moment. Yeah, I they, thought about it. I thought film about him
1: it. at all times. Yeah. Uh, Willie McBride and Chad pointing out that Castle Crashers is a good one uh, mm-hmm. for non-gamers. And yeah, he is definitely right. Uh, that was uh, definitely one that I played uh, with my wife a lot and I've played with other folks because you just walk from left to right and you bash shit. So that That's works out stuff. pretty well. Um, I don't know. Let's see. Uh, of all the complete edition of games this month... Borderlands 2, Dishonored, Day 6, Halo 4, Castlevania. Most hype is for. I've already played all those games. So, Game of the Year Edition stuff uh, makes a lot of sense, I think, for uh, folks that uh, have the option to sort of get behind on games um, and then can pick up much cheaper versions that have all the DLC in them. I think they make a lot of sense from publishers and a value perspective. Uh, They just don't make a lot of sense for me. Like, I can't. Are you. I can't imagine you have many plans to, to pick up any of those, do you?
0: No, not not particularly. No, but I, I have picked up a couple of Game of the Year editions, just things that I have you know inexplicably been laid on before over the years. But uh, none of those in particular am I am I planning on picking up? Uh, but you're right, yeah. I mean that stuff makes total sense from a from a from a you know publisher's standpoint because there are tons of people who don't play games when they come out at launch. Yeah, uh, as we have learned from you know things like used game sales and uh, you know people buying
1: stuff years after the fact on Steam sales and what have you, so they work. Uh, Sean Heenan on Twitter asks, "What do you think of the release model for XCOM: Enemy Within?" I guess it solves the 1.5 sequel argument. Uh, so, Enemy Within is going to be a separate purchase on consoles due to restrictions right. on Xbox Live and PlayStation Network. Uh, it will be. A DLC add on uh, for uh, the PC, uh, but all it, it doesn't introduce new, it introduces new campaign elements. You have new maps, uh, new enemy types, uh, new selections as uh, the commander. It sounds like they're hinting that there are going to be the reintroduction of uh, base missions where the aliens actually come mm. after you, uh, but it's not a s- sequel. It is the same s- storyline as much as X POM uh, Enemy Unknown had a storyline. Um, it is taking the civilization. Uh, sort of expansion model of taking the base game and adding things to it. Um, right. And, yeah, I mean, I like you know, personal preference. Would I love just a proper sequel? Probably. But, yeah. you know, this is not, I don't think this is off base from what they have done in the past with their other games. I think it is just, it comes as a surprise for, uh, I think, folks like myself who, you know, played this on the console where this is not a common way to treat how you do an expansion. I'm not sure, I'm not sure how much interest you've had or have followed, uh, enemy within. I haven't terribly. I mean, I
0: liked, uh, enemy unknown quite a bit. Uh, it's a very, very good game. And you know, I'm, based on what I've read about this expansion, it seems like, you know, this all things that I would probably like to play at some point, but I have not been following it with great, you know, levels of interest. I'm not sure if if expansion was really necessarily what I was looking for. I was probably looking for more of, like, a sequel or, like, an outright, you know, building upon of what they did with Enemy Unknown. Uh, Just adding stuff to the game I already kind of played through doesn't necessarily super excite me the way that would with, like, say, Civ Five. Um... But like you're, yeah, you're actually
1: it. you're actually you're actually a big Civ guy, so you can actually speak to yeah. a, like how how does it work in Civ? Because you know it's it's the same sort of idea, but you know right. you've actually played some of these Civ expansions. But the difference with with Civ
0: is that you know each game takes can take a long time, but you know those games don't run nearly as long as an entire game of 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 uh you know Enemy Unknown does. So, what it does is it just grafts new mechanics onto the game, you know, with, the with, like, the, the religion stuff was added in the, the first expansion, uh, the tr- all the trade stuff was added in the most recent one, so it just completely, it just rewrites the rules of the game and makes it so that, you know, there's new units, there's obviously new civilizations, it just adds content to the basic structure of what was already there. So, you know, in this case, it's probably the same idea, and, you know, I'm sure that will be fine, it's just not necessarily, again, what I was looking for from XCOM versus, say, Civ, which is... I think better fits the kind of expansion model versus like an outright sequel uh, than necessarily something like XCOM. But maybe that's just me. I don't know. That's just kind of how I feel about it.
1: Well, I, I, you know, I, I definitely feel like if I was to play XCOM again, I, I don't know. There's there's less free-form choice in XCOM. I mean, it's a strategy game, but like, you know, Civilization is so expansive. Like, Yes. You know, every, every game can play out so radically different. And I, I don't think that's necessarily the case as much in in XCOM. At least that was my that was my experience. Um, and but then you know maybe they're adding just enough that it will it would force you to play completely different. You know it's hard hard to say until we actually uh, get into it. But um, I, I I'm a I'm a maybe. It's just I feel like I'm gonna have so much else to play that that is gonna be pretty low on my priority list and would probably be something I'd be more interested in checking out when we're getting closer to an actual proper sequel, which of course they will probably do. And that would be like a good primer to, to get ready for it.
0: Yeah. And I mean, the one thing I will say is that, you know, with Fire Access like those Civ Five expansions really did change the game in pretty fundamental ways. Um, in, in like good ways, like if I were to try to go back and just play straight Civ five after playing both expansions and adding all the other stuff to it, uh, I don't think I would like it nearly as much anymore. Like, they, they, they are pretty good about fixing their own games and making them much better over time. So
1: I'll give them that. Hey, you know what's coming out this week? that? I what's just that? Didn't, didn't even... Uh, the, uh, the, the wolf uh, telltales... Uh, what's, uh, uh, what's it uh, called? What's it called? Uh, wolf. It, wolf, you... Among Us, wolf Among Us, Wolf Among Us, Wolf Among Us. Woo! Wolf Among Us. Uh, I'm actually psyched for that. I I, I am too. I feel like there's probably less buzz than there should be for the next telltale series, uh, but i I wonder if that is a function of telltale wanting to you know Walking Dead may have been uh you know sort of a once in a lifetime thing for that studio. not that they won't continue to put out quality products or or interesting stories, but Walking Dead was truly something else, and it came it, out of nowhere yeah, it came and, out of absolutely nowhere. And, and playing playing up too much that here's here's the next series from the creators of The Walking Dead, you know, it might create unrealistic expectations. So, you know, I'm hoping what is actually happening here is that they're, you know, kind of playing it safe so that it will also maybe come as a pleasant surprise yeah. um, as, as The Walking Dead did.
0: I mean, uh, they've been I, promoting it here and there, and they've, I mean, they've definitely made some noise about it, but... Yeah, I definitely get the impression that they're trying not to to overdo it. They're trying not to, like, you know, they're they're not trying to just ride the back of Walking Dead to, you know, to success with everything they're doing. Like, they're trying to, because this is a a different team. This is a different group working on that game, I think. And I think they kind of want it to exist on its own merits, which I appreciate. And I will say, what I've seen of that game looks really, really good. Um, just from a storytelling perspective like I, I wasn't super into the premise when they told me about it but like watching it uh seeing the way they've built out those characters and the way they've they've, they've put it together and visually like that, that game looks really good great voice acting like i i think that one could actually be really great uh totally on its own merits you know i'm i'm looking forward to walking dead season two as much as the next guy but you know, coming into someone who had no real interest in the Fable comics whatsoever, uh, I'm actually pretty excited about this. I'm I'm definitely going to take some time and play through that first episode, start to finish, and see how it is, because if that's another really good series they've got, you know, going for, for the long term, then good for them. That's great.
1: Uh, some people in the chat asking uh, if you saw Gravity this weekend. I did. Can, I, I, I don't know if you're going to do uh, a movie podcast. I don't want you to spoil all your thoughts, but or can you? Did you like Gravity? Was it not? Was it as good as people are saying it is?
0: So, so uh, I will not. I, we are doing a movie podcast okay. uh, sometime in the next week, so right. I won't go completely uh, ape shit on this one. But I will say it is a very, very, very good movie in terms of tension building, uh, visuals, and kind of a bad script. But other than that, it 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 manages to overcome that pretty easily by just just ringing you. Abs- just wringing every ounce of tension it possibly can out of, out of the audience for 90 minutes straight. Uh, it is, it is an experience. You should go see it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Katie was out of town, so I, I held off, but that's uh that's my plan next weekend is to go see that in proper IMAX 3D. But yeah, I mean, I think movies like that are interesting because, you know, you wouldn't qualify them as horror, but they definitely seem like it, t- it absolutely is. It's just, you know, it it's doesn't have like a monster. Stress. It's yeah. more
0: just, like, just abject anxiety, just nonstop from beginning to end. So, yeah, it's not really horror so much as it is just you are just clenched up the whole time.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to it. And I, I wish there were clones of Alfonso Cuaron. I wish we got movies from him more than once every four to five years. Uh, but maybe, you know, this is his... I don't know how well did Children of Men do actually at the box office. Was that a big success or just like a critical? I feel group?
0: like it did pretty well. I can look it up real fast while we're uh, sitting. But there. I feel like
1: Gravity is definitely on a different level and and is going yeah. to elevate, uh, Quran to a,
0: a well Harry that... Potter also kind of let him do that as well because he directed that third Harry Potter movie.
1: It did, but that's Harry Potter, right? Like I think there's something different when you can have a, a it lost completely. My... It did. Yeah, okay. it made
0: 35 right. in America, 34 overseas, and it was a 76 million dollar movie. So it did not uh, quite okay. make its money back.
1: Yeah, whereas I think Gravity maybe will be where Alfonso Cuarón graduates to. Hey man, do whatever the fuck you want, um, which is which is exciting because he is such a uh, like those directors coming out of like Spain and Mexico are doing super exciting things. Uh, Guillermo del Toro, Alfonso Cuarón. Um, I'm I'm happy to see more instances of those guys just being given a blank paycheck. Um, so hopefully hopefully that continues uh, continues to Damn. happen. I need to go back and watch
0: Children of Men again. I haven't seen it in a couple of years. That can't. That movie's fucking fantastic.
1: Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, all right. Well. Seems It like, uh, seems like we kind of covered the spread. But uh, you're not going to play Pokemon, are you? People are asking about Pokemon. I'm not going to play Pokemon. I'm not going to play, play Pokemon, Pokemon
0: because I've never really played Pokemon. And I'm just not a Pokemon fan. And I feel okay. like you know, everyone's saying, no, this one's really good. This one fixes so many problems. I don't know what any of those problems were. I don't really know enough about Pokemon to say definitively whether this one is better than the other ones. And nothing about what I've read about this one. Sounds great. Sounds great for Pokemon fans. Does not sound like something I would enjoy personally.
1: Yeah. Yep. 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 All right. Well. Alex, what are, you, what are you up to this week? You got Beyond coming tomorrow. What's, what's the rest of your week looking like? The <sighs> rest of my week is uh, uh, pretty
0: open beyond that. I got a couple of events to beyond attend. That. <laughs> beyond
1: that? <laughs> beyond that.
0: Shut uh, this show down. Word association. I am hilarious. That said, uh, aside from beyond, uh, I don't have a whole lot going on other than a couple of events, so I will probably try and uh, get back to some video recording this week and and get back on that train. What do you got coming up,
1: Patrick? Uh, I'm going to try and uh, write those reviews of Amnesia and uh, Outlast this week. I've got Spook Scoops on Wednesday night. Um, Maybe I'll run my exclusive, lengthy, in-depth interview with a certain film director This week, which Mm -hmm. I gave you, which I gave you a sneak preview of very impressive. Uh, Definitely uh, got some real nuance that I don't think you're going to see anywhere else (laughs) from that from that interview. For Um, sure. And there's this game called Knock Knock that people are are talking a lot about um, that I might try and check out this week. Um, And then on uh, on Friday, um, I may or may not have something from Frictional Games that people would be interested in checking out. So cool. still a lot set up there. Um, I'm gonna try and beat Rayman Legends. So in any case, uh, Alex, I will I will talk to you again on Friday. Um, and uh, thank you, everyone. Maybe for before two... then even. What what? Oh, well, I might actually talk to you before. Friday. Oh, okay. I was like, what's what, what, what's happening? What are you planning? <laughs> what did I miss out on? I had like I had a brief moment of like, what the hell is he talking about? <laughs> uh yeah no we are banned from talking to each other uh until uh friday but uh all it's right what alex. makes the show so good exactly it's all the tension uh all right alex i will uh I'll talk to you on friday uh that's a show
0: Ow! Mm.